Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 4 The Black Castle by E.M. Clarke Read by Lexi Chapter 7 An Unexpected Ally Zellie and Sophie ran back to the hidden door they had discovered among the hedging and the ivy. There was a heavy iron ring set deep into the old oak, and it took all their strength to heave it open. Zellie stood guard by the door, and Sophie crept down the steps, following the dark passage until she reached another door. This one led into the castle itself, but no matter how hard she pushed or which way she turned the handle, Sophie couldn't make it budge. It was bolted from the inside. Sophie hurried back and reported what she had found to Zelly. So we found the way in, said Zelly, but the question is, how are we going to open it if it's locked from the inside? Sophie frowned. Speaking of locks, how will we get Uncle Roll and Albie out of their cell? It's too dangerous to wander around the castle hoping we'll bump into the keys. The girls were silent, thinking hard. Two locked doors. Hmm, muttered Zelly. We really need someone on the inside to unlock the doors and guide Uncle Raoul and Albie to this secret exit, said Sophie. Gurgo, cried Zelly. Gurgo, replied Sophie in astonishment. Gurgo Contuti, Zuto and Rosina's son? Why would he help us? Well, we overheard him saying he's against the kidnapping, didn't we? They're horrible to him. He can't be happy here. I reckon we can persuade him to help us. Well, it's worth a try, said Sophie, though she sounded a bit doubtful. Let's go back to the window we heard him talking out of and see, said Zelly, and they made their way back to the part of the castle wall they had heard Gurgo's voice coming from earlier. Anna went fluttering up to check he was alone, and when she confirmed that he was, Zelly hissed, Gurgo! Nothing happened. She tried again. Gurgo! Now, a pallid, frightened face appeared at the window. It's Zelly! Gurgo was mystified. It's Zellie Sinclair, the professor's daughter, she repeated. You can't see me, but I'm here. Gurgo's big eyes blinked in confusion. Zellie? he croaked. Yes, I need your help. You know Pa and Albie have been kidnapped. We want to rescue them, but we can't open the door. Well, why can't I see you? said Gurgo, sounding panicky. It's a disguise. I'm invisible. You know it's me. You can recognise my voice. And that's my parrot, Anna. Gurgo glanced up at the fluttering bird and gulped. I can't help you, he said quickly. If I do, they'll punish me. A tear worked its way down his cheeks. I'm frightened, he whispered. I, I hate it here. Don't worry, we won't let them hurt you, replied Zelly. If you help us rescue them, we'll help you get out of there. I promise. Gurgo looked a bit more hopeful at this. You'll, you'll help me? Yes, said Zelly firmly. The way they're treating you is terrible. I'll speak to King Lucio about it and I know he'll help you. But before we can rescue you, you need to help us. What do you need me to do? asked Gurgo. We need you to open the door of their cell tonight. If you guide Pa and Albie to the main door and let them out, then lock it again, no one will know how they escaped. It'll be a mystery, as all the windows have bars on them. She paused. 
Please, Gergo, I know you're not a bad person. Oh, all right, he said slowly. Uh, I'll help if you promise to speak to the king. I promise, Zelly said firmly. He looks terrified, said Sophie in a whisper to her cousin. I hope we can trust him. We don't have any choice, muttered Zelly. This is the only way we can unlock that door. Aloud to Gergo, she said, Do it as soon as it's dark and you think it's safe. We'll go back to the main door so we're ready when they come out. And thank you. Gergo nodded and his face disappeared once more. Darkness descended quickly and soon Gergo did as he had promised. He bolted and locked Albie and the professor's room after they had left to cause confusion. As they walked through the castle, it was obvious that Gergo was very afraid. He jumped at the slightest sound and seemed terrified of his own shadow. Albie was still under the effects of Rosina's mind probe and was struggling to walk properly. He needed guiding by his father, so it took them longer to move through the empty hallways than Gergo had planned. In the dark and silence of the night, the black castle felt more forbidding than ever. Professor Sinclair glanced at the richly decorated rooms and hallways as they passed, wondering where the money had come from to pay for all the rich fabrics and luxury. These things were very expensive in Sandlandia and had to be brought in by sea from other parts of the world. Count Zuto is definitely up to no good, he thought, in so many ways. They reached an especially sumptuous room and Gergo looked through the keyhole. He seemed to decide it was safe and he beckoned them inside. He went up to a large piece of tapestry and pulled it aside. Behind, there was a door. Quick, he whispered, standing to one side as they moved into the passage, then twitching the tapestry back into place. Before he could close the door again, they heard the faint tap of footsteps approaching. Shh, Gergo warned, stay still. All three of them held their breath, but, to their relief, the footsteps passed by. Gergo peeped out. It was a bin man on patrol, the green crest of the House of Barbosa standing out clearly against his black uniform. Gergo gulped. That had been close. He closed the door and gestured to the wall of the passageway, which had several holes bored into the rock. This is the conference room, he whispered. These holes are in the eyes of the portraits inside, so you can see and hear what's happening. But let's keep going. The professor and Albie shuffled after him, the darkness and silence pressing in on them. Gergo took them to the hidden door, which led out into the night, and released the bolts. Sophie and Zelly were waiting outside as arranged, and they flung their arms around the professor and Albie. We will never forget your help. Thank you, Gergo, cried Zelly, and she hugged him too. Good lad, said the professor, shaking his hand. Thank you, Gergo. And don't worry, we'll get you out of here, added Sophie. We'll speak to the king as soon as we get back. Just keep your head down for now. Gergo nodded, his face ghostly in the moonlight. You won't have to stay here much longer, Zelly reassured him. Now, lock the door and go straight to your room. If you see anyone, say you wanted a drink of water or something. Thank you for being so brave. I don't feel brave, Gergo said, a single tear running down his cheek. Well, that's why you are. If you're not frightened, you're not brave.
He nodded, shut the door, and they heard the bolt slot into place. Where to now? asked the professor. This passage leads to a little garden outside the castle, explained Zelly. Then we need to get to the cave where the others are waiting. From the cave, we just follow the passage under the sea back to the mainland, said Sophie. Goodness, you have been busy, grinned the professor. Damaria flew ahead to check that the way was clear. Anna had been sent to alert the others in the cave that their long wait was over. The way is clear, but the guard is still there, reported Damaria. Fairy fee, fairy fee, grant us invisibility, whispered Zelly and Sophie, and the professor and Albie vanished into thin air. But we'll need a distraction too, said Zelly. Just because we're invisible doesn't mean he won't hear us. Is anyone any good at throwing things? I am, whispered Albie, who appeared to have recovered from the effects of Rosina's mind probe. There must be a distance element to the mind probe magic, thought Zelly, looking at her brother. As soon as Albie was out of the castle, it stopped having an effect. I'll chuck a stone at the rock behind the guard, continued Albie. When he goes to check what made the noise, we can run past him. Albie hefted the stone and threw it. The sound shattered the night's silence. Who's there? cried the guard and immediately moved to the area behind him. Now, said Zelly, and they fled across the beach to the cave where the others were still hiding, expecting at any moment to hear a shout behind them. Phew, breathed Sophie as they got into the cave without being heard. They could hear the lapping of the water much more loudly now. The tide was coming in fast. Raoul, said Captain Jack with delight, shaking the professor's hand. Am I glad to see you. Everyone hugged Albie and the professor, full of relief. Ferenc and Festia have joined with the Contutis. They're at the Black Castle now, said the professor. They can't be said Captain Jet with a puzzled frown. They were sent to prison for life. I escorted them personally to the Isla Diabolo. Well, they must have escaped because they're here, all right, replied the professor grimly, and their spell on Isla Diabolo has done nothing to stop their evil ways. We must get back and inform the king, said the captain. This is very bad news indeed. Without a moment's further hesitation, they set off down the passage under the sea. Once they were halfway, Captain Jet paused. He used his sword to strike the ceiling of the passage. At once, the rock began to collapse, and he didn't stop until the whole roof had tumbled into a heap of rubble behind them. That'll stop anyone from following us, he said grimly. We don't want anyone creeping up behind us. No, agreed Milo, looking worried. I'm not cut out for a life of adventure, said the professor, wiping his sweaty brow with his handkerchief. Give me my laboratory and my inventions any day. Poor Pa, said Zav. Don't worry, you'll be home soon. They all carried on down the passage until they suddenly bumped into each other. What's the matter? The cave ahead is full of seawater, cried Sam. Of course, it's high tide, said the captain. In all the excitement, I forgot. What is that noise? asked the professor. It's like a soul in torment. It's the echoes repeating the sound of the sea going in and out, said Milo. They all listened to the greedy water lapping in and out of the cave. What a horrible sucking sound. But how will we get through the cave? asked Zav, a frightened Ratha chattering urgently on his shoulder. We can't stay here, surely, said the professor. I have a horrible feeling we might have to, replied Captain Jet grimly. We can't go backwards as the roof has collapsed. 
It looks like we're in a bit of a fix. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 8, Anna is Missing. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's book for The Black Castle is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Rate our podcast and leave a message telling us who your favourite character is. See you next time.